Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Welcome to By the Mash Tun, a podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about some beer. I'm Mike Harrison Wood, and unlike usual, there is no Cal Noble here. Instead, we've got a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'd love to. Um, my name's Will Toomey, um, and I'm head brewer at West Berkshire Brewery. Yes, where I also work. Yeah. 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 Hello. It's a bit of a... Bit of an advert this week for West Parks. But, yeah, um, it's true. Uh, it's but it's a really nice place to work at. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. We have got a good team, and yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, what what can you tell us about the history and everything? Uh, so the brewery's been around since 1995, and uh, Griff, who also works here, um, his parents set it up. So it's just the two of them on five barrel kit, sort of three or four brews a week, and it's just grown sort of organically since then, and. Here we are, you know, we've got a 60 hectolitre fully automated brew house and a nice big cellar. So up to 50,000 hex a year, I think we can produce now. And obviously we've got that lovely packaging line, which Mm -hmm. you are now very familiar with. (laughs) Yeah, I've Um, uh, been hitting that pretty hard lately. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, but no, so, you know, here we are and we've got uh, in production, we've got a team of eight people now, including me uh, with a couple more joining soon. So, yeah, it's good. Nice, nice. And uh, part of the brewery's history has always been a very respectful look at malt in particular. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, d- I think, you know, the, the brewery's always come from quite a traditional perspective in terms of the styles of beer that we produce. So, you know, I haven't been trained by Dave Maggs. I developed, a, you know, a love for those sort of malt forward uh, traditional English bitters. Mm. Uh, not to say that that's the only sort of style we do, but it's what we're particularly known for, I think. So, um, yeah, we've got um, a nice sort of interpretation of uh, an old ale for yeah. for us to taste and have a chat about today. Um, and we just wanted to do something for winter, you know, it's full bodied and it's got that sweetness and richness and, you know, something you can sit by the fire and drink and mm, yeah. Deliciously malty. Absolutely. Nice. Well, we've we've got a bottle of it here. Uh, bottled very recently as yeah well. so, super fresh yeah so I think I should crack it open and Go for uh, it. we can discuss the style as we sip right should I be mum yeah yeah go for it uh, so this is Holly Cutter is the name and it is an old ale by West Berkshire Brewery there we go and looks lovely yeah so, it's got a nice sort of chestnutty carrot like the head the colour of the head's really nice as well it's that sort of like off white slightly mm. cream coloured yeah like a deep copper sort of reddish uh, look to it it's only 4.5% as well yeah so not massive I mean you know we're very sort of rural brewery so we tend to be fairly conservative with our ABVs most of the people that come to the tap room or you know drink our beer will be doing that in a rural location so yeah most of the beer is sort of five or under mm-hmm. uh, 4.5 is nice because you know we don't have any beer in our core range that is 4.5 percent so it just sort of fits nicely in the in the range and yeah it's just got that sort of nice biscuity we use plenty of amber malt in it so you get that biscuity sort of note to it uh there's a touch of coffee and chocolate and mm. nice and full-bodied you know so nice high mash temperature i think we mash this one at 68 
degrees for 45 minutes and nice nice yeah it sort of gives that yeah nice residual sort of sweetness and body cool and uh well we can get into the very specifics of the recipe uh, a little bit later but mm-hmm. I, I think it's important to set into people's minds just what an old ale is yeah absolutely i mean it's quite you know it's quite a broad style i think really mm. and it's one of those styles it's a bit like stout and porter like you know it's changed over the years and um sort of yeah other people have different sort of takes on what makes an old ale so i mean this is probably a more straightforward version um it's got quite a lot of mass appeal just because it's easy drinking and mm. you know still full flavored but um traditionally you know old ales would have been aged for a very long time and um they would have been aged in wood so yeah yeah you'd expect them, oak barrel aging yeah so oak, yeah oak barrels and you know with that you'd expect them to pick up probably um some lactobacillus or something you know they'd be slightly soured mm. as well as um stuff like Britannomyces. so you'd have that like horse blankety sort of um flavor going along as well so depending on your version or your take of an old ale you know they can they can vary quite a lot but, yeah, um, yeah from yeah. sort of wild ferment all the way up to something yeah just a, a bit dark but clean yeah exactly yeah. and you know with that sort of full body and and you know you can feel it sort of warming you up as mm. you're drinking it sort of thing so it's um yeah it's quite good important part of the style and yeah. um another part is is often the sort of darker malts as well uh, yeah it, it's not anything that's supposed to be too heavy but still definitely full-bodied yeah absolutely and you don't want to go as far as like you know stout territory where no. it'd be really dark or black even but not that big roast no dryness. no it should definitely have like that sort of nutty maltiness um still have plenty of sweetness but kind of light lighter on the roast side for sure and um yeah you just want that really deep sort of deep copper amber sort of color but yeah obviously not quite black Mm. yeah I've, I've seen some of them that get very dark like or, still brown but yeah almost, almost well we've got a couple of examples and i know that one of these um sat on the table <laughs> is almost you know it's pretty much black um having said that completely just pulled the carpet out from no, what i was saying but again it's just it's uh it's a style that is so open to interpretation mm. uh, because you have got the historical aspect of it mm-hmm. and you've got um the one of the sort of more modern it, it takes on it i say modern it's still sort of 50 years ago but yeah that that take where it's almost barley wine yeah yeah but absolutely it's not quite and it's, yeah. it's 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 like a very strong mild almost yes um, yeah yeah precisely and it was like the old ale thing was literally just like was it aged or not yeah. originally it was just like how old was the beer like it was that simple you know and um yeah obviously over time people have adopted certain aspects that give old ales their flavor and people use certain ingredients and all that sort of thing so they there is like a loose you know like a sort of loose base for old ale but yeah yeah not one style that is definitive and that's it yeah no but it's good though because it gives you there's lots of room for flex so you know you like you can get away with a lot i think with an old ale like people may say that this is not a true old ale but for you know the type of beer we're trying to brew well, I think it mm. does the job. It's perfect, you know. And it's, it's consistent with it's, other uh, old ales I've had before. So, yeah, it's you know, got that. It's got that like that nice malt forward sort of characteristic to it. So I think yeah, it's 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 there anyway. So. Yeah, and hopefully popular for Christmas. With any luck, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what can you tell us about it? What's uh, <laughs> do you want to know? Like recipe? I want to know details. Yes, do you want to <laughs> go full geek? <laughs> yes, please. So um, right, start with the malt. There. Start with the malt. So 
for a beer like this, there's only one place in my mind to go, and that's with Otter. So yeah. I'm a big fan of Otter. It's a heritage variety. Um, I don't know how cool it is anymore to use Maris <laughs> Otter. Um, yeah, most of our beers have that as the base, especially well, if it's an English or, um, style. Golden Promise is like what all the cool yeah. people use these days. Yeah, I think we used that for the uh, Landlord clone a few yeah. episodes ago. Oh, yeah. Other than, yeah, Timmy Taylor's are the ones that are famous yeah. for using Golden Promise. But yeah, a lot of the Hayes boys are uh, using <laughs> using uh, Golden Promise now. And it's a nice malt. We brewed uh, a few beers for people using the Golden Promise. But for me, Otter all the way, if you want to brew like a traditional sort yeah, of british yeah. style beer otter's got all of the characteristics that you want and it's so forgiving in the mash tun as well you know it's really um nice to use because it converts super easily so mm, the, yeah. it's quite high in enzyme contents so all that sugar or the all the starch is broken down very readily um by the enzymes so um yeah, yeah. We, we like using that we use that in pretty much all our traditional ales um so that's the base and then uh i've got 10 percent amber in there oh, okay. as well so amber's obviously i think well amber sort of predates modern pale malts really because it used to be produced um almost by direct so it was a smoked malt effectively it was almost oh, wow. by direct heating and um that's how you that was yeah predates i think it was the invention the industrial revolution it was the invention of um uh, coke you know for burning in furnaces so it gives okay. very clean um uh, combustion yeah oh. it's very low in smoke um, so they, when they started using that, they could control the temperature a lot more. The flavor of the malt wasn't effective, like affected by, you know, the yeah, fumes. Yeah. And um, yeah, they could produce pale malt. But before that, it was all amber. So it's obviously it's produced differently today. It's still not smoke sort of thing. <laughs> but um, it does give like a really nice sort of coffee-like, um, very biscuity um yeah chocolatey i found like if you, yeah it's definitely got that malt sort of bite um that you mentioned but i find yeah we did a uh i did a beer called chocolate rain on a pilot scale <laughs> oh, <laughs> a few wow. years ago and um we i think i did 100 percent amber malt Oof. as the as the base but it tasted like like when you use it in really high percentages it just comes through as chocolate and it tastes really yeah it's crazy like you wouldn't think it but yeah just used all because i wanted to see like what a beer brewed with amber malt would be like yeah almost uh, like a smash sort yeah. of beer but with amber yeah because it's it's kilned at a low enough temperature that um there's still you know enzyme presence so you do get mm. conversion um so you can use yeah, it i never really thought about that because that's not something that you can easily do with a like a, a very heavily roasted malt no no because there wouldn't be any enzyme there it'd just be like marmite in yeah <laughs> coming out of your mash down but um, yeah, the amber works really well for a beer like this. Um, I tend to use amber as well as like a little accent as well. So I use it in like um, a couple of our pale ales mm -hmm. and I'll use sort of half to 1% just to give a bit of malt complexity. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice way of just sort of adding a bit of extra, you know, extra flavor to the beer without sort of changing the color too much because it's still quite light. You know, it's only, I think it's around 50 ebc oh, wow. or something like that, that so it's low. quite but it's it's a true but roasted flavor it malt. adds yeah is, yeah so it's still a roasted malt but um yeah it's quite very very light roast i think it's probably the lightest of the roast malts but i'm sure someone will correct me <laughs> if i'm wrong on that um and then for yeah a bit more sort of extra color formation i went with um some black malt very traditional malted barley mm -hmm. and it's, you know super dark so i think that's like 13 or 1400 ebc but you know really dark but again 
unless we're doing like a stout or a porter i like to use those darker malts again just as an accent to add a bit of complexity um and also enhance the color a bit and bring that through so um that was a two percent and then obviously we need to sort of balance that malt bill so you're going to want some sweetness on the back of that obviously going to want some of those sort of toffee flavors coming through so we went for um uh, crystal 150 yeah. i was wondering when that was going to get involved. Yeah, yeah i mean most of our beers you know i think if you speak to anyone that knows our beers most people will say they're fairly chewy so they're full <laughs> of you know full of crystal 240 generally is what we use for, like wow. for good old yeah, boy and yeah. chub so it's the i don't know if it's the darkest one i think there is a darker one i think simpsons do a drc which don't like is it a, oh no that's chocolate <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't that, know. Yeah. We don't really use Simpsons. But, yeah, anyway. Crystal 240. But yeah. 240 is the one we use most of. And um, yeah, that obviously gives like huge amounts of toffee and all that sort of stuff. But we didn't go too heavy. We used 4%. Have you been adding up the percentages? Because I'm not no. sure. That <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I'm, I'm sure listeners will. That's yeah, fine. I might be wrong. But anyway, it's it's about those sort of numbers. And um, yeah, obviously the Crystal 150 is a little bit lighter, but it still gives, um, you know, that sort of extra body, mm. such a sweetness and that nice sort of caramel flavor that you've got um, running through the beer. And that's it, really. So it's really all the malts are very traditional. Yeah, malts yeah, and yeah. Super traditional sort of malt bill. And uh, keeping it simple as well. Like uh, yeah. only four, was that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I, was it. You know, I, I know some people just love just adding in little bits of this and little bits of that and building up like this eight malt yeah. recipe. But... I'm quite a lazy brewer. So if I'm, <laughs> if I'm loading up a beer, it'll be like a bag of that, a bag of that, two bags of that. And yeah, you're done. yeah, yeah. Like, All divisible really, by bags. Yeah, I really hate <laughs> faffing around with like, you know, half kilos because then you end up with loads of bags of so yeah i'm quite lazy i'll generally juggle the percentages until i know that i've got like whole bags going in the same with yeah, yeah. hot bills usually is in five kilo denominations when i do the brew yeah because uh, yeah. i hate having <laughs> half bags of hops lying around so yeah i know home brew scale i definitely try and do 100 grams at yeah a time. exactly yeah. yeah yeah and it saves like staling hops and all that sort of yeah, stuff exactly so, yeah yeah talking to hops yeah, you uh, want to move on what, to the hops? What's, so, what's in it? What's in it? So, yeah, again, like super simple. Um, do you want to, well, actually, should we go? No, no, we will do the hops. We'll, we'll do the hops. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just went for um, EKG. So East Kent Goldings, like classic. Classic um, English. English variety. Yeah. I absolutely love East Kent Goldings. They're one of my favorite hops. I think you can't get a better beer than a pale ale hopped with fuggles and EKG. I think it's just you know yeah, if you're going for that traditional english pale i love it yeah. yeah and it's something that you can drink and drink and drink and you, you know there's no um you know how, how you i don't know if you're drinking something really really hoppy you get like fatigued almost but it's like <laughs> drinking perfume so like i don't get me wrong i love those sort of beers I absolutely love them but like there's something about a beer that's made with fuggles and goldings and marisotta, you know, and, marisotta and you can drink yeah. like you know 10 or 15 pints and <laughs> still want to drink more so yeah it's um yeah just east kent goldings all the way through so there's um so our boiler our kettle is very very efficient so we have to be really careful with our bittering additions and what i've started to do is um having to shift them later and later in the boil so there's a 20 minute bittering addition so it's a okay. one hour boil yeah. So we boil for 40 minutes without any Without hops. anything. Okay. Yeah. And then there's a 20 minute uh, addition, um, which is about 10 IBUs. And then right at the end, there's a hot back addition as well. So that's all the leaf 
um, and that'll give us about 20 IBUs. So roughly 30 IBUs is about bang on for the yeah. sort of start. Yeah, you don't want anything too dry for a start no. like this, but you do want to... You do want to distract away from some of the sweetness and stop it That's being thing. too cloying. That's and... the thing I really like about beers like, like Good Old Boy, for example, because it's really, That's really sweet. That's best bitter. Which is, yeah, our sort of best selling is our number one flagship bitter. Um, it's half of everything we brew pretty much. Um, and what I love about that beer is when you taste it, it's full of caramel, you know, it's really, really chewy, as I said before, but it's got the right level of bitterness to cut through at the mm. end and balance everything. So I think there's a skill in making those sort of malt forward beers and you have to have enough bitterness to bolster that sort of sweetness. If you're using a lot of crystal, always make sure you creep up the IBUs that you're sort of aiming for 30, yeah. 30 yeah, yeah. minimum up to even 40, depending on, you know, what sort of bittering hop you're using. Cause obviously there's some bittering hops that are a bit smoother and, and rounder and that sort of thing. Mm. Nice for bittering. But, um, yeah like i really like that balance of when you have like a really full-on sweet beer but then a nice sort of whack of bitterness at the end sort of refreshes the palate and then yeah once yeah. you you know makes you want to go back for another sip i know when uh when cal did his imperial stout recently yeah uh he got the ibus up to 70 mm. just because that's the only way to stop it being too sweet yeah it, yeah just because absolutely. it was so strong yeah and so um i think he had the candy sugar in that as well yeah yeah. yeah yeah amazing there's lots of stuff in there yeah yeah i bet that that sounds awesome I yeah it's really good um yeah so a little bit on process i guess do you want to have a little bit uh, well um or you, do you want to go you, yeast yeah you, you've said uh that you it, you've created a traditional english style presumably you've used an english yeast of some kind yes oh and i did forget we dry hopped it as well with ekg oh really yeah 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 oh, which yeah. is quite cool i've started i've just started to do that we did a um collaboration with adnams recently for like a Waitrose beer festival, I think is Waitrose, okay. and um, we called it TikTok. Uh, do you know the story of that? Uh, the Peter Pan. Reference? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's an interesting story about the Adams brothers, and they had a brewery in Newbury, like oh, okay, however many hundreds of years ago. It was a couple of hundred years ago, quite close to West Berkshire Brewery. Absolutely, very just just well, it's where I live. It's just around the corner, and um, one of the brothers uh, went off to Africa and ended up getting eaten by a crocodile and the other one went what? off and set up Adnams Brewery so there's this funny little story you know about Newbury and how we're sort of connected in a weird way to Adnams sort of kind of <laughs> yeah very crocodile. loosely but um, yeah that's where the name came from but um, yeah I was speaking to Fergus uh, Adnams and um, we we're talking you know developing the recipe for this beer and I'd never really done I think I'd done a couple of beers with English dry hops in and just way overcooked it and like just tastes really grassy and yeah, yeah. just not particularly nice. And he was like, if you're really delicate with them, um, it, it's really good. So this is, I think, uh, so five kilos in a 60 hec batch. So the hectoliters are, are a hundred liters. Yeah. 6,000 so. liters, five kilos, one gram a liter roughly. Let's yeah. Say, just Which to is make it fairly easy. low for dry hopping. It's very low. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it is enough just to add a bit of, interest you know yeah. and like another extra sort of element i could so. see it sort of ex exaggerating the flavor mm. a little bit rather than you know if you're dry hopping a huge amount it's very good at developing different flavors than you yeah. could possibly get at even flame out mm. just because of the lack yeah, of yeah absolutely you know, yeah pure amount of it mm. so yeah that that beer was all first gold all the way through and then that had uh a two gram a liter dry hop i think for that one but yeah, yeah nice. this this one obviously just a little dry hop at the end just to you know add a bit of extra 
interest and yeah. the um the yeast is just um fermentous so4 um you know it's a super super easy to use yeah. yeast it's yeah, yeah. not finickety in any way um it's you know it's a lower attenuating type of yeast as well so it doesn't sort of ferment out as far as like your uso5 or which is fairly good for the style as well yeah absolutely yeah and it's got some sugars in it yeah yeah yeah, for sure and it's got like um a nice ester profile as well Mm. um there's always yeah you you get like quite a nice estery beer from it so it was just like the obvious sort of straightforward choice it's a really really straightforward sort of simple beer but it's just designed to be really nice to drink and not <laughs> not challenging do you know what i mean because yeah, like sometimes yeah, yeah. you drink beers and you're like four like that, that's a sipper and you just yeah, sort of yeah. like when you get above seven percent yeah stuff, yeah and, yeah um but like something like that you know i quite happily and sit there and just crack through a few of those so. yeah well we, we got through a little bit already yeah yeah so absolutely that's all good uh any tweaks to the water uh yeah so our water our incoming supply is fairly heavy on chloride which is odd but there you go uh, it's the local area isn't yeah it? it's, yeah uh, yeah and um obviously there's loads and loads of chalk um because it's all from chalk aquifers so uh we have to acidify uh our brewing water so we have to knock the acid the um bicarbonate out otherwise it makes your mash ph go too high mm-hmm. Um, so we acidify using lactic or you can use, um, some people use citric, I think home brewers, but um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen people, yeah, use citric. Yeah. Um, you can use lactic, which is obviously organic. And then you can use stuff like sulfuric or, uh, phosphoric's good. Phosphoric, yeah. Phosphoric's good. Cause it doesn't actually add anything. Like if you add sulfuric, you're always adding sulfate. Mm-hmm. So you're increasing the levels of sulfate within the beer. And if you're putting in gypsum as well, you know, like that's going to end up with it which is fine if you're doing like an ipa but you know depending on what style mm. you're brewing you don't necessarily want to add sulfate so um stuff like phosphoric is quite good because yeah it doesn't add any sort of um ionic content other than the phosphates and then the mash is full of phosphates anyway so it doesn't add any any flavor to the beer or anything like that so yeah we acidify using lactic and then i just kept it really balanced so i basically wanted um the emphasis to be on the chloride because you know we want to give yeah, it that, that malt malt mm, yeah. sort of flavor and that that fullness and and you know roundness so uh yeah we sort of lent on the chloride a little bit um and added just a little bit of gypsum as well just because i always like to add a bit of gypsum um so yeah it was quite again quite simple just tried to keep it fairly neutral i know like some ipas um will shift the ratio the other way so we'll towards up, more sulfate mm. uh up the sulfate yeah to sort of you know three or four to one um just to really emphasize that sort of hot mm. bitterness but this one it was just about balance and sort of trying to keep it soft and yeah so that was that it. yeah and uh i suppose we should probably actually focus a little bit on the beer oh, <laughs> I, just, uh, I took my eye off the bottle and you had too much already mike yeah <laughs> there we go um first question is i guess has it ended up as you'd hoped? Uh, yeah, I mean, we wanted something with, you know, just a winter warmer, basically. Um, again, like, again, just to go back to saying that it wasn't too challenging. It's just something nice that you can give as a present for Christmas or, or whatever, or just drink over the festive period. I can't believe we're talking about Christmas already. It's, <laughs> Christmas is the most miserable time for brewers. because It's like the busiest time of the year. And everyone, yeah, everyone's yeah, like yeah. not at work and having these nice lunches and 
getting drunk all the time and then the poor old brewers are you know beavering away and it's yeah. all, all the work in december is just so that you yeah. don't go out of business in january because nobody drinks in january so yeah, yeah. anyway that's enough curmudgeonly <laughs> curmudgeonly well, talk no, I've, from I've, me but i've had many years in in bar work well as, well, as you know well yeah, yeah exactly the pubs like yeah pubs are almost worse i think if you're working in them <laughs> at christmas because everyone's so happy and yeah. you're there working yeah. you have to be nice yeah. to them and and the worst behavior comes out in december yeah. as well yeah yeah but that's yeah, that's terrible. that's for another another mm. time um but yeah it, i i think it has very much achieved that goal of of being a nice malt forward yeah super sessionable yeah not challenging it's got that like nice um like the nose it's kind of a bit of burnt toffee you know it's mm-hmm. got a slight not charred note but almost smokiness to it i would say and then it's got plenty of biscuit and obviously caramel there as well um so it's yeah it's it's just nice maybe a touch of noble character to yeah, it like from the EKG. from the ekg yeah. um and then yeah like drinking wise it's obviously quite slick you know like velvety i suppose when you drink it carbonation is not too high like we mm. generally we want to go a little bit lower on the the bottled ales just so that you know they're not so spritzy and they're more along the lines of a yeah. cask beer you don't want to open it and then it go everywhere yeah well, exactly so. exactly and you wouldn't want to carbonate it quite as highly as like a you know a pilsner or something like that so yeah it's softer carbonation and um yeah like it's it's not gonna um win it win any awards for like most inventive beer but it's definitely gonna tick a few boxes for most people yeah yeah and it's uh, i think it's a a good example of the, the a more modern old ale yeah i think yeah is. i think it stands up next to other examples you know that are readily available mm. for sure yeah definitely gobbleable if you want mm. but then enough complexity there just to oh, it's like you can sip it you yeah. can if you know if you are driving and you can only have half a pint then yes yeah. it's, it's it's you can purposefully make it last a long time yeah 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 that's also a good thing normally i find with with uh multi-year beers is that it doesn't really matter if they get a bit warm yeah i don't not mind always, sometimes i don't mind drinking beer like this at room temperature really mm. like as long as it's not hot because that'd be weird having a nice <laughs> hot nice mug of nice hot, yeah hot. hot bovril slash beer but yeah i i don't mind uh traditional air room temperature at all like doesn't phase me mm. and you get a lot more of the ester profile starts to come out you know when it's warmer but then again like some you know again to mention good old boy but having that like in the summer cold out of the fridge that's actually really really good chilled so it just mm. depends on you know like what whether you've got any room in your fridge or not mostly <laughs> yeah, yeah true <laughs> uh well we uh we have got some other examples of the style yeah i'm looking forward to trying try. these um so the first one isn't really a traditional style of uh it's old in ale. A, i would like to point out that it's also in a glass bottle which is heresy oh a clear glass oh uh, yeah. uh, obviously they're all in glass bottle <laughs> goodness it me could be canned yeah yeah it could be but no it's a flint glass isn't it and it's probably gonna be quite skunky oh yeah you can smell that already really yeah 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 thought as much so so but, this this is uh what was it old crafty hen uh oh yeah i can a, smell a, the skunkiness now yeah yeah the uh the clear glass um yes so yeah, old crafty hen. This by is barrel aged, right? This yes, I. So well, it says well, actually, it says oak aged. Oak aged. So I assume it's going to be, you know, recirculated with oak. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, realistically, one of the uh, drawbacks of being a home brewer is that you don't always have access to things like oak barrels no. very easily. And um, they're very expensive. Like to actually buy a new, well, a used barrel, it yeah. can be two, three hundred quid. And just the space and yeah. everything. It's, it's <laughs> I can't not imagine always many, everyone's... <laughs> many homebrewers have got partners who would be uh, happy for a 200 litre barrel fermenting away quietly in their yeah in their sitting room and so there there are options around that and uh, you know one of the ways is to call it oak aged rather than barrel aged and you can add various things like chunks of oak yeah. um or spirals it, you can spirals, get spirals as yeah. well they're quite good um i think the 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 best ones i've seen are on uh, the maltmiller.co.uk mm-hmm. which you know supply the podcast ingredients normally, but you know, with not this episode. Um, but they sell 500 gram bags of, uh, I think it's it's staves. So they they get yeah. in an actual barrel, break it down. The, so yeah, break it down, separate the staves, and then mm-hmm. cut the staves up into 500 gram bags. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, and that's great. And you know, you're going to get the same effect from that. If not, it will happen more quickly because you increase obviously the surface area. Surface area. And that's one of the things about the spiral yeah. things as well. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's just a sort of cylinder of wood that's had a spiral Absolutely. cut around yeah. the So it just increases the surface area yeah. so that you can, um, you know, the, the interactions happen yeah. quicker. But yeah, the, the chips are a really, really good way to go. I know there's a few breweries. I mean, one of the most famous breweries that um, use oak chips is Budweiser. Would you believe? Yes, I've yeah. heard that. Yeah. <laughs> And, and Although you about, wouldn't um, know it. Well, uh, I, I heard somewhere that they use beach as well. Mm. Um, but looking into it, the reason they use beach is because it doesn't impart any flavor. All right. So <laughs> what's the point? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's more complicated than that. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they pick it because of its more neutral palate rather yeah. than oak, which but, can lead to a lot of different flavors. Added to oh, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it can be quite intense. Yeah. Like, oakiness. Yeah, um, not not just a sort of woody nature, but mm. definitely like a vanilla sweetness mm. and uh, some type of sometimes a sort of resiny sort yeah. of heaviness. Yeah, absolutely. But well, uh, let's um, get let's into see. this one. So then. yes, Old Crafty Hen by uh, Moreland, and uh, it is quite pokey at six point five percent. Yeah, as well. I think Moreland were in Abingdon originally, the brewery. I don't know much about. I'm pretty sure so. Moreland's. So the popcorn used to serve Moreland's original, and I used to. Yeah, I used to serve beer there. And uh, yeah, the Moreland Brewery was in Abingdon until it was bought by Green King. So oh, okay. Green King, it's a Green King brand now. And uh, they also bought all the pubs, which is why there's so many Green King pubs in this area. It's because they used to be Moreland. Because they used to be Moreland pubs, which was in Abingdon. So yeah. there, there you go. go. There's some pub history. Beer yeah. history for you. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, straight away, uh, sort of more amber in colour. Um, yeah, slightly lighter. Um, it's almost honey mellifluous. Honey like <laughs> what? <laughs> mellifluous. I love that. What is it's that? It's good. It's, uh, it's like uh, the mo- almost like the motion of honey. You know, Ooh. like smooth and yeah, yeah. It's a good <laughs> word. Right. Yeah, I'll steal that. That's good. Um, but yeah, you've got um, as you say that that clear glass smell. Yeah, it's is definitely, definitely skunked. So you get the um, when the it's light struck. So when the UV hits a hop compound, it's the, from the bittering compound. I think. The ISO uh, alpha right, acid. Okay. I think I, so. Yeah, I, I knew it was something to do with the hops, but uh, yeah, I think it is. The specifically, it's a bittering compound, and uh, yeah, when it strikes, when the UV hits it, it 
um, changes the shape of it and it gives off this skunky mm. sort of flavor. So you've definitely got that. But once you get through that, you have got some fairly nice caramel, raisiny sort mm. of um, prune-like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see the the darker fruit. Yeah. Just a touch, not not as much as you'd get in some of the like a, like a really dark porter yeah. type there with English ale, but um but yeah, it's definitely some of that there and and the flavor. Uh mm. Yeah, sweet smooth. Um It's it, quite good actually. Like it's surprisingly the flavor of it's quite nice and the AB like the ABV is fairly well hidden. I think it's not. It's warming, yeah. but it's not like you know. I think beers of this style that are really strong, the alcohol always comes through. Mm. You know, quite. It's very apparent, like when they're sort of six, seven percent. But this one's quite nice. It's quite smooth and slightly warming, and yeah, it's not not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad I've, at all. I've always personally found a, a, a one of the aspects of oak is that it does tend to cut down a lot of that bite yeah. of the alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Um, only by a touch, but mm-hmm. it's it's enough to be noticeable. And so, if you are doing something quite strong, maybe that's something to think about. Yeah, maybe. absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, a, a nice one. But should we move on? I reckon so. What have we got next? Uh, uh, no cuts. Let's go. Are we going for the old peculiar? Yes. Uh, so many, many people are going to know this one. Uh, Theakston's. Yeah, old peculiar. One of the... It's held up as one of the prime examples of an old ale. Yeah, it's bloody good. I haven't even tried this one, <laughs> but I know it's bloody good. Looks like they've had a recent rebranding as yeah, well. Yeah, it's sort of updated a bit. Yeah. Masham. Yeah, so... Masham is where Black Sheep is as well. And you know the story of the guy from Black Sheep is I yeah, I remember hearing he's a Theakston and uh he left Theakston's brewery to set up Black Sheep. Because he's the Black Sheep. Because he's the Black Sheep of the family. Very clever. But um Yeah. Yeah, here we go. So you see Ruby, deep Ruby almost black, isn't it? That is uh I'll try not to spill it over everything this time. (laughs) That's that's fine. But yeah, the colour's amazing. Really, really nice. And that that sort of yeah, uh, creamish head as well. So it's, you can tell it's not going to be like sort of proper dark, but yeah, you can you can see there's that loads ruby. of raisin in that, and yeah. that's really the nose is so good. Yeah, I'll give it a little bit of a swirl, and yeah, yeah, definitely estery. Am I getting some smoke as well? Yeah. Interesting, interesting. I mean, it's been so many years since I tried this. It's so just many like years that I'm a glass of Christmas pudding almost, <laughs> isn't it? It's like got that spice to it. There's all the fruit there. Yeah, it's really. I I really really like like this beer and rate it as you know one of the best on the table. Although the next one, not to jump ahead, the next one's bloody good as well. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's tuck in. I guess. What are you tasting? There's a fair. Fair bit of caramel. There's nice bitterness is there, and it's like assertive. So it's not as heavy as I was expecting. No, it's lighter, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And you just get this nice wash of sweetness at the end, and you're left with that lingering sort of dark fruit flavour, which I really like. Yeah, um, it's quite subtle. I was, I was by the smell, I was expecting it to yeah. like punch, and it does linger, but it's mm. it's definitely a background note. It's not something that's sort of... the body is lighter than mm. like I would say it's almost lighter than the holly cutter. Mm. In terms of like the mouthfeel, you know, and the the bite, there's almost none. It just sort of yeah. it just goes in and goes down. It's yeah, yeah, sort of, and it's 
yeah, it's soft finish, but then you get that sort of building bitterness, you know, with every sip, it sort of builds up on your palate. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's quite Moorish and it's lovely, really nice. Yeah, I, from my memory, and this is, you know, 10, 15 mm. years ago, I yeah. last had this. Um, I just remembered it being so heavy and it's, mm. it's just not. Maybe it's because I've You probably I've drunk a few Imperial yeah. Stouts yeah, since then. Yeah. And uh, compared to Lager, I guess, back, you know, mm. back then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is very different from a Lager. But um, yeah, it's really good. I, yeah. I rate it very good. And now now I've had a few sips as well. I'm seeing what you mean about the that it's sort of coating your mouth very gradually. Very, yeah. Like a very and thin layer of paint at a time. Yeah. It's just sort of... And that bitterness just sort of stays there and builds almost as you're, mm. you're drinking it. But it's an old, old beer as well. This, I mean, not this specific one, but the uh, recipe, I think it's very old. But yeah, yeah. very good. The and legendary uh... ale, apparently. <laughs> really good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, doing the research for this episode, it is, it is held up as one of the, mm. one of the premium examples of... Have you tried? Old ale is. Have you tried anything from? Um, is it Old Chimney? Old Chimney. Old Chimney Brewery. They do like imperial stouts, but okay. they um, they do like super traditional style beers, but they're just massively um, hyped on rape beer and stuff like that for their imperial stouts. Okay. And they also do a really really good like vintage ale, which is up there with this uh, old peculiar. I'd say it's really good. Yeah, but you should try oh, some nice. of this. He does like limited releases of um, like his special Imperial Stouts and they sell out very quickly. It's like oh, nice, he created nice. the hype train before the <laughs> hype train was a thing, you know. And, um, and again, similarly, uh, a brewery that is very good at malt and just looking at malt and yeah. picking that as their speciality. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to see. I got uh, some uh, bottles off one of the online retailers and... Uh, yeah, they sent them through. It was brilliant. I got an email saying, oh, he's on holiday for two weeks, so you're not going to get your beer for a little while. So it's obviously like a one-man band, but the beer was excellent. Yeah, yeah. The imperial style was excellent. So, yeah, shout out to them. Nice, nice. Better um, than Old Peculiar, at least? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ooh, strong words. Uh, I, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. They're different beers for different occasions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to, hard to compare. But. but that is quite smooth, yeah. Mm, it's really good. Going back to it. Right, okay, last one. Last one. This is a special one. This is my favourite one. So this is Old Tom. Yes. By Robinson's Brewery. I'm going to do the honours. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. Sorry, you had already had the bottle in your hands. There we go. Well, yeah, I know. I've never had this before. Haven't you? No. It's really good. very keen. Look at that. 120 years old and still going strong. Again, not this specific bottle, but the recipe (laughs) has been going on for quite some time. And it's a gold winner in the World Beer Awards 2017, a couple of mm, years ago. Yeah. Oh, it's lighter than I was expecting. Yeah. Something that's, what, 8.5? Yeah, I think and, it's 8.5. Uh, an 8.5 old ale. I was expecting it yeah. to look, uh, no, I guess it's kind of, yeah, dark ruby. Yeah, dark ruby. Similar, that, that sort of uh, light, very pale cream head to it. Yeah, that sort of tan colour. Actually, quite similar nose as well. That, yeah, that, it's, raisin I mean, sort of rummish. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really sort of bang in line with the old peculiar in terms of like its appearance and mm. you know that sort of um, uh, the aroma, you know, and the color and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure the malts are going to be quite, quite similar as well in the recipes. Yeah, but, um, but just bigger. At yeah. 8.5 oh yeah, rather yeah. Than, uh, 
But this has got a bit more, um, you know, like Demerara sugar. Yeah, brown sugar. Yeah, like yeah, brown yeah, sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely got that sort of brown sugar nose to it, which I really, really like. It reminds me of like baking cakes, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, oh, I wasn't the, drinking beer when I was a kid <laughs> much. This is the type of beer you'd age in a rum barrel, not, yeah, a, oh, yeah, not, yeah, absolutely. A, not a whiskey. But maybe, it, no, <laughs> rum all the way. Mm. What are you tasting? What are you tasting? Just lots and lots of chewy caramel. Um, yeah. I was, again, like, I, I guess I was expecting it to be heavier. Mm. Like, it, it, it is still fairly sweet. And it is, um, it's funny because they're not, they're, they're fairly light, but, uh, you know, the, the flavor is quite intense. You know, there's a lot of mm. flavor there, but it's not, um, it's not like mouth coating, like drinking a, it's getting there. I think. I think having maybe a, a sip. I, I talked too soon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely developing as it yeah. as it goes, which is yeah, phenomenal with with beer. I love that sort of four dimensionality where yeah. it sort of it tastes one thing and then it just certain It'll things change, yeah. linger and certain things don't. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and you get the um, you know, the legs. I think they refer to it as legs in wine drinking society. Mm. But yeah, the legs on it are quite nice because it goes. You know, it's got long legs. Because flavour keeps coming and developing, you know, yeah. every sip you take. So it's really, yeah, I really, really like it. Mm. Just starting to get a little bit of alcohol burn, though. But uh, Yeah, I mean, eight and a half eight percent, and a half, you're yeah. bound to anything that's, you know, up to that strong. You're going to start picking up the, the alcohol unless you cover it with hops, which this yeah. beer is not designed to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, although I imagine they, they probably um, boosted the IBUs a little bit to, to stop it being... That's yeah. super sweet um, yeah 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 you need i mean it's like i was saying before you need the you know with any beer with a lot of sweetness you need to back that up mm. with um the ibus and make sure that you have the balance there otherwise you just end up with something that's sort of too two-dimensional and not particularly pleasant yeah well yeah it's, it's definitely lingering definitely st- sticking in the mouth you wouldn't want to like session these though would you like you wouldn't want to session old <laughs> i'd like to see someone try and session old tom that would be yeah yeah that'd be how quite many a good points challenge. of that could you yeah yeah i could probably do <laughs> one before i just died instantly. yeah but it, it's really really tasty though it's definitely a sipper and it's a really because they come what are they 330 mil bottles yeah cute, cute little stubbies it's it's nice because it's obviously the it's the same shape as a lot of the standard 500 mil bottles mm. but it's three it's just like it's, yeah it's half the size thing not quite half the size but yeah it's really really good and yeah it's definitely a great beer to you know crack open and share between a couple of people it'd be really good um you know with dessert like if you had it with um you know yeah. like some sort of treacle tart yeah so sticky not, toffee pudding not or, just like pure dark chocolate but just, mm. you know something yeah sugary something and, rib sticking yeah it'd be really really good to have mm. um you know alongside so yeah nice nice and also i think that'd probably be quite good to age buy a couple of bottles of it and just whack it in the cover for a year and yeah see that, what happens because i think it's filtered i'm pretty sure it's filtered but you know even so one of the most important processes that happen in aging of any beer is the amount it oxidizes mm. and whilst as brewers 99 percent of the time we want to keep all the oxygen out at every stage apart you know post fermentation um the oxidization that you get when you're aging a beer is actually integral to yes you know the flavor development it is part of it one of the interpretations of old ale 
one of those factors one of the key factors is that slight oxidation and yeah that's that slight just like creeping in of uh that that lack of like zing and yeah and, and that sweetening out and mellowing mm-hmm. but adding complexity at the same time as yeah no we'll do and um, i think you know if you age something like that as i said it's i'm pretty sure it's filtered so there's no yeast there but as that ages you'll find that the hops will fade you know as, mm-hmm. as they do and um that will become even more sort of syrupy and i think yeah i think it'd be quite nice after a year or two if you leave yeah, it in the dark yeah, yeah. cupboard i think it'd be quite good and in fact I, I believe they make quite a big deal on the bottle itself what year it's brewed oh wicked it's kind of like the vent fuller's vintage ale thing. yeah yeah so you can be like it's from this year yeah so i know yeah yeah i've got a couple i've got a couple of bottles have you seen those in the office brewing office oh on the shelf somewhere yeah yeah, yeah i've yeah. got two bottles of i've got a 2003 and a 2013 <laughs> vintage ale so i need to wait for something really good to happen and then we can all yeah, sit around and yeah, drink yeah. those and compare like 10 year you know 10 year sort of difference between the two yeah, yeah that's gonna be, be yeah. quite interesting to see they're probably like massively oxidized and horrible but i might <laughs> yeah, part of the style pop them on ebay see if we can get a few quid <laughs> right well i i think uh we we've tried a delicious number of there's a good ales. selection yeah it's a really good selection mike i think the winner for me would be the old oh god i they don't all know the word old old ah <laughs> oh, it's hard to say i would say probably I can't choose between them actually. The old time and the old peculiar are just brilliant. I think they're really, really delicious. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Super good examples of the style. I would, what I do want to try um, is an old ale, but breaded, I think would be a really, right. really nice. Purposefully inoculated. Yeah. Perhaps an old ale. So if, yeah, if things were different and we had a, a little place that we could do stuff like that, I'd like to do an old ale and then age it in barrels and re ferment yeah. it with some bread. And just leave it there for, you know, a year to age. Maybe next year? Maybe. Maybe we'll have to see. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like yeah, to. Yeah. But something like that would be really cool. If anyone knows any examples of as well of breaded old ales, it would be really interesting to hear if yeah. there's any available because I, don't, I Look, don't know looking, any. Looking down that sort of more traditional uh, route to old ale, where mm. you, you are looking at it as the stock ale rather yeah. than as, as just like a, a, a product that's ready to go. Yes, yeah yeah interesting yeah right well thank you very much will absolute pleasure mate it's it's been a lovely chat yeah yeah it's been really good thank you very much that's okay Uh, and uh i believe next week uh i don't know if cow's going to be back yet so it was probably (laughs) clambering up some oil rig somewhere in the north sea yeah yeah yeah. and he's not allowed to bring any beer with him oh my god he needs a new job doesn't he (laughs) right anyway uh thank you very much and uh we'll see you all next time Bye. bye